Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I'm Rudo. She's Megan on the ones and twos. I think you can call them the ones and twos. That's fine. It's Kale over there today. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Uh, we're talking depth. Not, you know, I don't think we're going to get too specific into player by player, except for Logan O'Connor, who Megan interviewed today, uh, and some other guys too. Uh, should be fun, but we'll we'll get into the conversation of how to build good depth in the NHL. Megan, does it start at DU? Is that how you build good depth in the NHL? You pay Troy Terry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I also won't abandon that dream for now. But it it does start with the type of player that college hockey can produce, I think, and the qualities that can stem from that type of routine that is established. And quite frankly, there's now a running track record going with DU that we shouldn't ignore. Not even necessarily depth, but just creating NHL caliber players in general out of DU. Obviously, Troy Terry has excelled in Anaheim um, to a level that I certainly wouldn't consider depth. I mean, yeah, maybe more Trevor Moore is like middle six has sure. definitely exceeded expectation, though, as far as NHL upside, in my opinion, and, and earned a really great contract in L.A. So he's probably a better example. So when every kid from DU ends up making the NHL, you can point and make fun of me and say that you were right and I was wrong about everybody. Uh, so there's that. Uh, you did talk to a, a handful of DU alumni today. Had an event out there. Good times, positive vibes. All the all the DU kids getting back together. Absolutely, I actually saw so many familiar faces that I wasn't expecting. Something that surprises me year after year is how many players return to Colorado every summer for the pro camp, and then it culminates in this golf tournament at the end of it all. And so sure. that's what was happening today. But they were on the ice last week. And I always like to see, too, the not DU alumni that sneak into the DU pro camp. <laughs> friend of a friend type thing. Yeah. JT Comfer. <laughs> and I, I think even in years past, it's been, um, I'm trying to remember, there were guys last year, too, that were roped in there. But it's always fun to see the value that other players that aren't even from DU that come back and want to get on the ice and get some experience in with some pros. So it's a huge pride point, I think, for the program that it can draw that many people summer by summer. What, what is the big draw there? Obviously, DU has a pretty storied history in their hockey program, but we hear from a lot of people, they love the state of Colorado, they love the, the city and the mountains and all that together. Is it just the culture there? How, how does DU manage to do this? It's a combination of things because for the players that went through DU, there's a lot of nostalgia and the opportunity to get together with old college bodies and be transported back to that point in time is of such value to them. But I think the other practical side of it is at this point in the summer, 
there definitely are ways to get on the ice and get things going, but it's such a nice way to kick off what is inevitably about to be training camp by getting some working on the ice with pro level players. And so I think that a lot of guys are just hungry for it. And then the expertise that the program has brought year by year, one of the big sneaky components being Matt Shaw, now the director of sports performance, but one of the biggest pieces in their strength and conditioning program, who has played a hand in the strength and conditioning of past and present players, not just related to Denver. And I think that people come to get that expertise because his attention to detail is so strong and has had tangible results for a lot of players that word gets around and players want to come benefit from that as well. There you go. You need to bulk up. I don't know. Does he bulk people up? He can bulk you up or he can slip you down. Like he will customize (laughs) the program to what the player needs. And there are some players who still need that after their college careers, even though they're physically matured, they're still needing some additional help in a way. For sure. For sure. Those uh those connections can last a lifetime. I think the proof of that right there. So if you find something good, hold on to it. And it, it might be the case with with DU. Um, obviously, the Avs have had success out of DU. Uh, historically, guys like Paul Stasny. Obviously, more recently, Logan O'Connor. Regardless of how it played out, they got the draft pick right and Will Butcher. Uh, <laughs> There has been an emphasis on the Colorado connection lately, obviously, with the Eagles and and putting all these things with the AHL together over the last couple of years. Can DU become more a part of this Colorado movement? You know, they were obviously part of Hockey Town USA as well. But at least from my perspective, as someone who didn't go to DU, they do feel a little bit disconnected from the pro side of hockey in Colorado. Yeah, I think that it's now the last couple of seasons and it's been confirmed to me too that in having Sean Barron's there and related to the Avalanche organization, it has helped that relationship to be even stronger because there's a lot of um, coaching staff at Denver that is familiar with members of the Avalanche organization as well. And so there are natural built-in connections there, but with Sean Barron's in the system, it has certainly helped. And where I see the value is having someone like David Carl at development camp last year, because this is now someone who was about to coach Team USA in the WJCs in this upcoming January, because the path that Carl is on as a coach is a really impressive one and one to absolutely be keeping an eye on. And to have that expertise down the road and in a way at your disposal, like there's a willingness in Carl to come to a development camp and work with avalanche prospects. And that to me is an invaluable way to marry the yeah. interests of both of these these clubs. And just broader than that in seeing three D1 teams in Colorado, a lot of dev camp invites for Colorado tapped into the pool of Colorado College DU now the last couple of dev camps. And I think that's a trend that's going to continue and probably start even sooner in the scouting process where guys commit to go knowing the avalanche are right there and they are watching you if you play college hockey in Colorado. And I, I do think it is important building that culture for, for fans as well, that hockey is always out there. There's always some kind of hockey that you can get into. Look, especially here where the the altitude Comcast debate has been going on for years now, that there are other ways to get into hockey and that the game is growing here more grassroots, I guess you could call it. Just it's become more of a part of the culture here in Colorado 
than I, I think arguably it ever has been. Obviously, the Avs winning a Stanley Cup helps with that. The U winning championships helps with that. But you look at other states like Minnesota where it's just part of regular life there. Right. Colorado is starting to get there. That's where I get excited when I joke about the Colorado Thunderbirds and that AAA team. I know I get I, a little silly. It's not silly. a joke. It's, it's not, not a, a joke. joke. <laughs> I get kind of silly with it, but that's what I look to as the model for hockey and a community is Minnesota and the way that yep. they have built up hockey. There are endless opportunities to pursue hockey through Minnesota, whereas there are more limitations in Colorado, but I do think that's changing. I think we're getting more sheets of ice. We're getting an all team. You see then the potential for Colorado hockey to become bigger than what it is right now. Yep. And it helps to have the success of the Colorado Avalanche first and foremost. Eagles are trending in a direction that wants to improve. And then of course, DU's success historically has been yeah. getting a lot of national recognition. Yep. Uh, a lot to get into there, but let's not bury yeah. the lead anymore. <laughs> uh, Megan did talk with Logan O'Connor and some others today at this DU alumni event, and we have the interview for you that we can roll now. That's an event like this with alumni. It really kind of shows how much the DU community comes together. Yeah, it's awesome. I think you uh, get a lot of different guys from older classes, guys that just graduated. Um, it's pretty cool to get everyone together. We all have DU in common, and it's nice to relate to former players, you know, guys that are playing beer league now, and just spend time with the alumni classes. Uh, for you, this has been a longer offseason than one before. You feel rested, kind of ready to recharge? Yeah, definitely feel rested. I think, uh, you know, we didn't want to have this long of a summer. And now that we're at this point in the summer, I think we're all especially itching to get back at it. We're sort of getting tired of working out. We just want to get into the real things. So training camps a month away. And, now's a big time to bear down and really focus on getting back to peak performance and you know going to the season fresh and ready to go so it's a real thing that you guys are just kind of like let's we've, we've been off long enough let's get going definitely i think you know like i said it's nice in a way to have a long off season but um you know it's been a long extended period of time that we've been off and not seeing the guys and you know structured practices and just pushing each other with a bit more competitiveness so i think we're all ready to get it going here and like i said so still a little bit of time but guys are starting to roll into town in the next week or two and that'll really uh, elevate our uh, competitiveness what is it about events like this pro camp alumni events that brings players from outside of colorado back year after year i think it's a bit of a reunion for a lot of guys um, guys that don't live in denver or colorado it's a good opportunity to come and see as many guys as possible and one trip and I think you know all hockey players love playing golf too so it's a good way to share camaraderie share stories and have fun out here with a bunch of different guys and someone that has come up in these pro camps that has had a really valuable influence on players past and present is Matt Shaw and his approach to strength and conditioning I was wondering if there were any carryovers in his expertise that you brought with you to the pro game with the abs for sure I think Shazi I mean all of us that are fortunate enough to have him over the past 12 years whatever his stint to you has been um, you know we all owe a lot of credit to him and what he's done for our individual games coming in freshman year I think everyone's probably a little smaller and slight and your lack of knowledge is true for strength conditioning and um, you know the knowledge he possesses and carries over to us is, is outstanding so I think we're all very lucky to have him and just everything on the ice is attributed to the workouts we do and what we focus on in the weight room. I know after the Vegas 2021 season, everyone entered with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. And I was curious now after 
the difficulties of last season with injuries, where your mindset is at going into next year, if you've channeled that into something productive. Yeah, I think last year was disappointing for our standards. Um, you know, we faced a lot of adversity and we we're still able to win the division, which I think is a huge accomplishment. And at the end of the day, we didn't you know, get the job done, which is ultimately win the Stanley Cup. I think every year that's our team's focus. So anything short of that is leaves a little sour taste in your mouth. So I think this upcoming year we'll take that chip on the shoulder and really try to prove ourselves that you know we're the best in the league again. Kale mentioned guys were texting during the Nuggets parade, hungry to get after it and compete for something like that again. I was wondering if it had that kind of impact on you as well. Absolutely, I think it brought back a lot of memories. You know what it takes to get to that parade and get to that level, bring the city around you. So you know we know what we have to do in order to get there again. It's a long road. It starts day one of training camp and carries through till you know middle of June. So we know what's at stake. We know the road in front of us, and we feel as though we can definitely get back to that level again. Some big departures, or I guess shoes to fill, with Eric Johnson leaving, Gabriel Landeskog not available next year. How do you imagine the leadership group taking form next year then with those big shoes to fill? Definitely. I mean, Landy for sure is being the captain. That's a huge hole to fill. I don't think one guy is going to do it individually. I think everyone's going to have to pick up the slack in different areas. Um, Eric Johnson, you know, he was a glue guy in the locker room, so I think we brought in some good pieces to, to help that as well. And there's going to be a bit of a learning curve off the start just with all the new additions we do have. But it's getting together as a team. Right off the bat, I think it's critical to bring the team chemistry up and, and really start off on a good foot. You talked about some of those new additions, and there's a very real possibility you'll be playing with Ross Colton, Miles Wood. How do you feel about how the roster has taken shape now at this stage in the offseason? I think they did a great job. I think they uh, added a lot of competitiveness and a bit of a, an edge in regard to that. I think we're going to be harder to play against. Those two especially bring a lot of that to their game. It's definitely not fun playing against either of them. I think they're great, great players, and they're going to fit our mold well with the, the speed they have and the puck handling and defensive side of things that they have. We've talked about Monty before, but I was curious what your reaction was to him getting the Jack Adams this summer and just kind of what your experience has been like knowing him over the years. He deserves it. You know, he, he's been through a lot, obviously, and I think, uh, you know, he stepped back from the game. But to get back to that high level as a coach and team is, is unbelievable. Um, a lot of us players here still talk about the impact he had on our careers individually. And, you know, we shared a championship with him. I think he will get back to that level at some point. It was unfortunate they couldn't this year, but, um, you know, he's an unbelievable coach, a great man. And I think a lot of us owe our success in pro hockey or even in the workforce for those guys that are done playing to the lessons he taught us. So a lot of, a lot of ground covered there with LOC, but I wanted to start with, there was no mincing words. Anything short of a Stanley Cup is a failure. Is that realistic in Colorado? Should should fans take that seriously? Or is that uh, maybe a little bit just competitive spirit more than... There is truth to why he's saying that in terms of the competitive window that the Avs are in right now and why there is a need to capitalize on it in the immediate because they are staring down some difficult decisions that will need to be made with players like Taves beyond this season. And so we know Taves is guaranteed for Colorado through this upcoming year. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense then for that to be something of the standard for them to try and maximize what they have in this group right now. Uh, yeah, 100%. It, 
there is a little bit of extra urgency there, I think, with Taves specifically. And, you know, obviously every year down the line you have players coming in and out. With LOC, obviously he's been a champion at every level. Won at DU, has won in the NHL. His path is a little bit all over the place, right? At DU, he was more of a role player, not a big production guy. Then he goes to the AHL with the Eagles where he becomes one of their top scorers and has now slotted back into more of a role player in with the Avalanche. Is is he just built different that he can transition like that? Or how, how does you manage that path as a player if you're LOC or, or someone else trying to push for a depth role in the NHL? I think when you talk to players about the realities behind making the decision to do the NCAA route instead of the major junior, which we've talked about, oftentimes what you hear is that they need the longer way around because they know that is their path to a pro career. And so I think that there's a self-awareness that is required of a player to make it to the point that LOC has that requires patience and a willingness to put in the work through a path that is probably going to be a bit more winding than others, but knowing that there is a path forward if you're willing to put the work in. And it's why the Avs are interested in him as a player that he has a full-time NHL job. You know, there was a lot of believing in himself that need to hap- needed to happen at every step of the way. And that's why when you talk about Logan O'Connor, you never doubt his ethic, his work ethic, his motor. He is constantly grinding. And even though there are things to be desired on the production side of things, you never doubt his heart. And I think that's just true of a lot of players in his position who maybe don't get the call on draft day, but still have the opportunity to carve out a nice role for themselves at the pro level if they work hard. Yeah, I, it's it's a hard trajectory, of course. Very many people are work, working that hard and probably don't make it because the talent level isn't right there, the opportunities don't present themselves, whatever it may be, but... When it comes to that opportunity, when it's granted, LOC has seized it at every single moment. So, yeah, really do have a, a ton of respect for players like him and himself, of course, in working every single day to get to where he has. Uh, now, this is very off the top. Predictions for LOC next year? You said 11 goals. I did say 11 goals. What did he finish with last year? Was it under 20 points? Or did he I make it? I think it was right around 20. I'd have, to, I'd have to look to be 100% sure. Let me but. just see. And honestly, so where it gets interesting is if he's given opportunity on the third line with Wood and Colton, which I'm not certain of. It's just For sure. sort of penciled in until they bring on someone else yep. to round out the bottom six. And I expect them to. Hold on, I'm just pulling up his yeah, last yeah. year's numbers because... I think there's potential with consistency in the bottom six for that number to be higher. I think he has inched higher each year, but last year might have been at more of a standstill in terms of that forward movement because of all of the things we know to be true of last season and the difficulties that they faced. So I want to say 20 points, but I actually want to go like slightly above it because I think that's already where he hovers around. Let's see. Let's see. I... I would 
Wow. I would question to throw oh my up gosh. 30 okay. points possible. No, okay. I'm going to round it up to 30. All right. And I, I want to see him get 10 goals, 30 points. All right. I think he can do it because, honestly, last year he got 26 points. 11 goals, 19 assists. You heard it here first. <laughs> like that, on, I should shoot higher for that, but I don't want to put that kind of pressure. It's, I mean, it, it will be interesting, right? You talked about it with him. There's a good chance he's playing with two guys he's never played with before to start this season. There right. might be an adjustment period there. How does that shake out? Especially if he does end up, certainly with Colton, you're looking Colton to be the points producer on that line probably more than an LLC or a Miles Wood does. So right. I, we'll see how things slot into place, certainly, for, for LOC and the rest of the Avs depth, which we will get into in just a second. But first, we're brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery. You can go to the highest distillery in the country right there. Uh, go get your Breck Distillery whiskey. Their whiskey has won, like, an actually silly amount of awards. I can't count them all. So there's lots of reasons to go get their whiskey. Uh, right now, they are doing a couple of contests. So the Battle of the Broncos, they have a blend that's Ed McCaffrey and a blend that's Alfred Williams. You can go vote on your favorite blend and win some Broncos swag at BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos. And the more fun one, go over on to Instagram, use the Broncos bourbon hashtag, and you have a chance to win two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite for the New Year's Eve game of Broncos versus Chargers. So, look, their whiskey might be award-winning, but it's going to taste better at a suite at a Broncos game. That's that's just facts. I don't know what to tell you about that. Use the Broncos bourbon hashtag. Uh, they'll narrow their favorite pictures down with the hashtag on December 1st, and then there will be a fan vote vote later in the month of december the winner of course goes to the suite same place to enter breckenridgedistillery.com slash bourbon of the denver broncos they also have a new vodka coming out uh to commemorate the broncos new white helmets which i kale you're a designer of the helmets dope Helmets are dope. I'm not sure about the jerseys they're wearing them with, but <laughs> eventually I think they will uh, be part of it all because they can only change jerseys. Like these things have to happen in processes, yeah. you know? So I think eventually it'll be part of like an all white, like complete white outlook that they'll wear for like snow games. Which I like will be that. Sick. I like That's that. kind of sick. Uh, <laughs> even if it doesn't look good, Breckenridge Distillery alcohol will make it look good if you drink enough of it. So problem solved. <laughs> Again, go check them out at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. You can get their products in all 50 states. And if you're in a place that allows home delivery, you can get it delivered right to your door. Check them out today. And then, you know, look, I understand if alcohol is not your thing. It's not for everybody. You can go to Kind Love instead if you're here in Colorado and uh, get your weed on. So go check them out. They were one of the OG distilleries here in Colorado. They've been around since 2010. And when you order with them with code DNVR, you can get 25% off in-store items, whether it be their flour, their gummies, their turbo joints. Uh, I, turbo joints are just too much for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't smoke a lot of weed. I need one puff of a turbo joint, and I'm set for the night <laughs> it's it's strong stuff 
It's maybe where the gummies come in a little bit more my speed that you can do from Kind Love. Uh, of course, they have tons of amazing products, all of it farm to table. They grow their own stuff. They know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. Use that QR code on screen right there. You can order today and get it delivered to your door. Or if you like to go in and talk to some of their employees, they can tell you what the best options are. You can visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. And again, when you mention DNVR, you get 25% off all Kind Love products. And then again, kindlove.com to visit and see their full extensive menu. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Is there anything else you want to get into from the DU alumni event before we move on to general depth conversations? No. All right. Keep an eye out on her Twitter. I think you have a couple more interviews to post yeah. from the event. So go follow her at Megan. I apologize for the um, airplanes and the wind. <laughs> hey, look, that's, that's just like, I live in the flight path to DIA. So that's just part of my life every day. They just, it's fine. Big city. You live that life now. Um, okay. General depth conversations. I want to start this here. How do you build successful depth in the NHL? Because Logan O'Connor is great. Fits in perfectly. Very much a prototypical depth player in many ways. But you can't have six of that guy in your depth. So how do you strike a balance? How do you find depth that makes sense on a skill to toughness, whatever you want to call it, ratio? It's an interesting question because I look at what the fourth line in the cup run represented. It was a model for reliability and consistency with Helm, Cogliano, and LOC, but that only works if the third line has the production, the playmaking upside that comes from a JT Comfort type of player who has also that utility. And so it really is a full bottom six conversation when it comes to talking about the secrets to success in depth. And that is going to include at least a line that is reliable defensively and yep. difficult to play against. They have to be willing to retrieve pucks heavy on the forecheck and engage the body because they might not necessarily generate much offense, but if puck possession can be a strength of that line, it is going to help the bottom line, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> and then with the third line, you're looking for more offensive upside then, but there is still the component of being difficult to play against and reliable defensively and because of how it's been structured in the past, every player usually can bring a little bit of the, at least the reliability to the table. Yeah. Um, and this is where it's interesting for the Avs specifically next year is there are some things that haven't fully been answered for the bottom six. For sure. And the whole of the group is who's going to be on the penalty kill. There are people yeah. that I think could do it but it hasn't fully been answered. And so I think with the bottom six specifically, we're asking who can kill penalties here. Now we already know that Cogliano and LOC have that skill set a little bit, but yeah. can Wood and Colton be those guys for the Avs? That's kind of a requirement of the bottom six, at least how it has been in the past when they've achieved success. But the other component that is lacking is the scoring. And it's been lacking mm -hmm. and it's sort of like, okay, it, it now feels like it's a problem that needs answered. And I think that Wood and Colton have some of that quality, but they're missing that. And that's what the third line is missing on the whole. And that's why 
I pencil LOC in there, but that's the role he doesn't actually satisfy best there. <laughs> he is better suited for the other things we've described, the reliability, the consistency, and being difficult to play against. Yep. And so that leaves a player who could distribute the puck, might even have some you know, playmaking vision of their own to contribute to that third line that has not been filled that I think is missing from that secret sauce that the bottom six is still needing at this point. It's it's interesting in Colorado specifically, I think, because in their cup run, we saw arguably one of the deepest organizations that there was. Andre Burkowski on a third line is kind of ridiculous to think about now. And last year, obviously there is huge context to the Avs can't control the injuries and things like that, but we saw a team that just was completely depleted in their depth, and it ran out of effective NHL players, essentially. You can't solve for a billion injuries, but where do the Avs find... I I guess let me ask it this way. When you're looking at that bottom six, how much of it is building top-down and how much of it is building bottom-up? I think right now it's feeling top-down. And so this is where it feels like some of the the bottom of the lineup is getting fringier players, at least how it's currently constructed. And the reason that gives cause for concern is because of last year being a demonstration of that. When the fringe players get opportunity in the bottom six, we see the inconsistencies and the lack of trust in Bednar and how he's going to even deploy them in the first place. And that's why, though I am excited to see how Frederick Olofsson looks in camp, and I want Ben Myers to take a big <laughs> step forward next year and become a full-time NHL player, yep. that is a lot of maybe in the bottom it six is. when they need a bona fide NHL player, even if he is the veteran saucy Darren Helm type <laughs> of player, that's what they need because we saw what happens when it is the fringier players. They don't have trust, and they're not yeah. going to get it. It's, it's, it is tough because at a certain point, you do need those maybes to take that next step, and, and there has to be a certain level of opportunity given there. But also, the Avs are as in the middle of their cup window as you can possibly be, and they don't have time to wait around on maybes to turn into yeses. They need to be able to turn into yeses pretty quickly, or they need to figure out something that will do a function that they need. And it will be really interesting to see how that plays out because you even look at the next level at someone like a Ross Colton and a Miles Wood, you're committed to those guys. So it's you can't really say, oh, it's not working out. We got to do something else. But right. you need those maybes to turn into yeses. That's a lot of maybes. I think that's the concern is outside of Cogliano and LOC, because we know what they are, yep. the rest are question marks. Question marks. Three, three what are you's and one actual full like question mark in the roster. And yeah. you're hoping, too, just in terms of what the apps have paid for Colton and Wood, that not only do they meet expectation, but actually exceed it. And that's where yeah. it also becomes then the maybe. That's yeah. where the question is really posed. And for sure. It's not a fatalistic outlook from my view. It's just very uncertain. And that is not how the Avs operate usually with quite so much risk and uncertainty. However, when they have taken risks, like with the 
Georgiev Franco's tandem. Been successful, They've yeah. been very successful. So this isn't concern coming from a place of doubt. It's just a lot more uncertainty than I'm used to seeing. So you were you brought up a potential playmaker vision type. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying they have a replacement for the top six, but Jonathan Druin functional in that role, potentially even down in a third line style role. This is where I love the value of Druin's contract, because you're not going to feel so guilty about a two five K on the third line. You might have a little bit of regret if he isn't able to assume a top six role because that is the hope where the skill upside is with him because defensively the physicality component that's not not the strength of his game (laughs) and that is something that the depth generally needs when we described the secrets to success in a bottom six that is one of those components and each member of that third line should have a little bit of it and it's not to say drew couldn't and he would certainly be elevating that at least offensive side of what they need. But that's where I would have concern with him there specifically is, are they getting the best out of him defensively in a spot in the lineup that they do need that from each of the players? Yeah, it, it's it's a curious balance, right? Because if you have a third line that can score at a high clip, you get away with a little bit of not having that defensive acumen from someone potentially like a Druin. But there always has to be balance to to a certain level there where if your third line just plays no defense, how do you organize your roster? Because especially Jared Bednar has always loved having a depth line that three minutes left in the game, they're up by one. You know who's coming over the boards. You know they're rolling over that defensive specialist line that they have in their depth. So... It, it's a little bit of a weird fit for me with Drew. It's actually interesting that you mention it too, because we've talked about Jared Bednar's security blankets in the past, yep. and it's the Comos and the JT yep. Confers of the world. With JT Confer gone, who is the security blanket? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because in a lot of ways it felt like Evan Rodriguez was also stepping into that role last year. You had a, a thoughts of maybe Alex Newhook eventually becoming that guy. And now all of those dudes are gone. <laughs> Who does Jared Bednar trust? Yep. And like, you know, for different things, right? Of course, Obviously, of course, yeah. there's trust to put McKinnon out in almost every situation. But yep. when you need to win a face-off... In your own zone, you know what? not McKinnon. And it, and it <laughs> could be McKinnon. Ryan Johansson. I'll give him some credit sure. for that specific need, but... There are situations that call JT Confer's name that I'm curious to see who will earn Bednar's trust in that respect. Yeah, I, and I think you mentioned Ryan Johansson's name. I think the first battle is between him and Ross Colton as who's the one that earns the, the trust in the defensive zone to be that center. And, you know, beyond that, maybe it's Ben Myers that steps up into that role. Maybe it's someone else. But they're, it, it's an interesting spot because... 11 of the Avs' 12 forwards, I think, are pretty clear as far as they're going to be in the lineup on opening night. But the roles that those forwards play are <laughs> not at all clear in, in how the Avs are going to approach this season. I, is that good? Is that a good thing going into training camp? Or is that a, you guys don't have enough time to figure this out? I think the way in which it is good for the Avs is because we know that it's a group capable of playing different roles because of what we saw last season. 
it's not a situation that you hope is required of them this season, but you've seen the versatility in a lot of those 11. Well, actually some of them are new. So to be fair, (laughs) some of that hasn't been fully realized. But But I think you trust some of what you've seen from Colton in Tampa. Exactly. The championship caliber quality in Colton is not to be understated. And then what is really special is what McKinnon, Rantanen, bring to the lineup yeah. no matter what just those two by themselves yeah because they're also pretty versatile especially Rantanen which is I think someone that is going to be very flexible and he's going to be sort of I think the guy that is plugged in in places that need to get better in, and uh, I think they're going to look to Rantanen uh, to be that guy a perfect example is as you said building your depth top down those top guys can fill in the holes a little bit for you. Obviously, Bednar's never been afraid to double shift McKinnon if he needs to. They're going to rely on that, certainly this year. I think probably, you know, barring nonsense, less than they had to last year, but probably more than in 2022. Um on that note, though, we are brought to you by the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm gonna be honest with you, chat. I don't care about college football. I don't. And the only way to get me to care about college football is to gamble on it because then I will actually have something to care about and have something at stake in the game. So it's actually worth watching to me. So that's the way you got to do it. If, if you're talking about a sport that you don't care about, look, it happens to everybody. Your friends want to go out, want to go to the sports bar, want to watch some event that you don't care about, put a couple bets down. You'll care about that sport a whole lot more and have a great time at watching That's what DraftKings Sportsbook is all about. With college football being back, there's tons of traditions, tailgates, and great offers coming from DraftKings Sportsbook, including new customers getting $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. doesn't matter what the bet is. You don't even have to win it. You get $200 in free bonus bets when you use the code DNVR and sign up for a new account on the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Jump in on it. Go get your $200. Use the DNVR code. Let them know we sent you over there. And enjoy that. The $200 in bonus bets don't have to even be college football. If that's not your thing, you can put all 200 on McKinnon to win the heart and then realize you're dumb because McDavid's <laughs> going to win it again. But, you know, you can still do that. Uh, go check them out today. Get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the DNVR code. If you have a gambling problem, you have to call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net in partnerships with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Got there. Uh, also, maybe, you know, I, I highly recommend gambling on sports. It's very fun. <laughs> I do it all the time. Uh, but you can also play sports here in Colorado with Volo, the biggest social sports company in the country. They've got tons of different leagues running all the time, drop-ins, whatever you want to do. You name it, you can get there with Volo. 
Go check them out. You can use the uh, DNVR code to get $10 off your purchase, whether that's signing up for a league or getting their Volo Pass, which is unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments for just 20 bucks a month. Uh, you can get it on that, or it's 200 bucks per year if you're you're all the way in and you want to do it. They have leagues throughout all of Colorado. Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, the Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, Northfield, and many more. You also have fall leagues now open. I think the registration runs through September 7th or something like that. So it doesn't stay open for a hugely long time. So make sure you get in. Use the DNVR10 code over at volosports.com slash Denver. Register for your leagues today and go have a great time playing every sport under the sun, basically. Uh, oh, like, look at that. They even have a, a, another bonus. Uh, early bird registration. You can get uh, a party for the early birds with free beer uh, over at the Vibe Hotel. So, bam, bonuses. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, you have two super chats to hit quickly here before we get back into the depth conversation. Melanie with $20. That's extremely generous. Thank you very much. Just dropping in to say hi. I've been listening to the replays. Thanks again for your content. Take care and enjoy the rest of summer. Thank you very much, Melanie. We do appreciate it a lot. Uh, and then $5 from Vaguely Sober, uh, who says, I need me some big Sam Malinsky for the start of sweaty boy season. <laughs> and not necessarily Malinsky specifically, but I did want to go over to the defensive side here. Is it harder or easier to build defensive depth? Let me start there. That's a hard question because right now in Colorado, as it's currently constructed, it's easy because Kale McCarr exists. <laughs> and it's it's a very top-down kind of approach. But yeah. look, people feel different types of way about Gerard. But what you get for the contract he's on, the value to be a second-pair defenseman, also makes it pretty easy to build then just the entirety of the decor around the skill upside of Taves, at least for another year. Yep. And I don't think you have to pull that off the table so soon either that yeah, that can't be the truth and the reality of the situation forward. moving yep. forward. Healthy Bo Byram would be great. Your four is locked up then. In that case, you're just looking at a bottom pairing. Jack Johnson's not a bad guy to have there. I thought his stint with the Avs in this last year was actually Perfectly even better yeah. before, uh, which makes it tough because obviously things were just not really going right for the Avs. Yeah. It's an interesting position to then be in when the other person is Josh Manson going to be healthy. That certainly makes you feel pretty good too. Rad Hunt is there as a placeholder if need be. Yep. And then you're looking at someone like Sam Alinsky to take a leap, but it's not the end of the world if he doesn't. It's, it's interesting to me how you make those pieces shuffle around because we've seen with the abs, it's a lot easier to take a 12th forward and, okay, we're going to sneak this guy out here for five minutes tonight. And we're barely going to play him, and it's fine in the depth. Whereas, realistically, if you're a defenseman... <laughs> The Avs have done some shenanigans at times with this, but in most cases, you're looking at playing your sixth defenseman at least 12 minutes a night. There's a lot less sheltering that you're capable of doing to a defenseman. Does that make Sam Malinsky's jump harder to the NHL than someone like a, you know Ben Myers trying to take that next step or, or someone who can maybe get away with playing a little bit less ice time and not get as exposed? 
Well, I think we saw this with Justin Barron's debut when he made it, that there is a lot of sheltering that happens. Yeah. And so it's 100% true. There's a reason McDermott is buried in the lineup as a forward sooner than he's going to even play a second on D. They would rather take their chances on Brad Hunt for 48 seconds in a single (laughs) shift. I don't remember what the exact number was. not a lot. Than see McDermott. And so I think that is a reflection then of how they're feeling with trusting putting guys out there and those are guys with more NHL experience than Sam Malinsky so it's tough because the way players get better at the NHL level is through reps and that's gonna be a little bit hard to come by he's going to be on a short leash but depending on who they play alongside him I think they they need to see it through they need to give him a fair showing to see how he stacks up against NHL talent because that's going to be the truest tell of all. Is it harder for a veteran or for a rookie like a Malinsky to be the seventh D, the guy that sits in the press box maybe a little more often than they should? It's interesting because I feel like England is not a rookie, but he sort of posed a similar question last year in their willingness to play England. And when I always thought based on England showing that he would be the guy that has the edge over the other, it never was. It never <laughs> was. And so that's where I think it's hard for Malinsky. Just in how the team operates, we talk about trust and Bednar and who he's comfortable using. That's what it comes down to, even though I have felt at times it should have been England in some of those games. Yeah. I think we're going to find ourselves having that conversation with Malinsky some of the time. It's from an outsider's perspective, it seems pretty easy for Jack Johnson to flex to that seven spot this year. Um, you know, it, obviously, Milinski has to go out and earn an opportunity and, and things like that. I don't think they would really flex Johnson out for Brad Hunt unless they have to. Kind of two players that play two different roles. Not that Milinski fits the Jack Johnson archetype either, but it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. And then you look at the realities of the Avs' depth on defense right now, and they don't have a ton of room for injury. Yes, they have Brett Hunt. Yes, they have Malinsky. If you're talking about Josh Manson and Jack Johnson both get hurt, are you going to play Malinsky on the penalty kill? Are you going to play Brad Hunt on the penalty kill? They're going to call up Keaton Middleton. That's yeah, There you go. So that's the that's the depth guy. It is because he is so similar to Andreas Englund, and the role he plays with the Eagles is shut down, stay-at-home defenseman on the penalty kill, big guy. That's just going to be too easy for them to ignore. And then there is the question of can Yanni Fairbrother play? Yeah, for And sure. that's maybe who I have penciled in. Next man up there, yeah. though I, I don't know. They did get some kind of veterany defenseman too, so I won't fully write off much more. But I think Middleton's next man up uh, if Hunts also up with the Avs. So let's bring that full circle. Are you comfortable with the amount of defensive depth the Avs have? Obviously, you can't control injuries. Is this enough to where you say if it gets beyond this, it was just out of the Avs' control, or do you think they need more? It's tough because we talk about why it's important for them to maximize their window right now. And so even though I like where their depth is, that's on the way to them in Barons, in Guliev, and even Jeremy Hansel. Yeah. 
that's not available to them right now, though Hansel probably could have been Chris McFarland. Telling me. <laughs> Sign it. No, I'm kidding. There's still uh, time. Right, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> you're going to see him pop off at the rookie tournament, and it's going to be hard to ignore that. But they're pretty log-jammed also on the Eagles' blue line, so would be hard they have to, to be a little serious sure. about how they decide to move from there. But where I'm going with this is the immediate depth options defensively are very limited. Down the line, I'm excited for what's coming to the Avalanche, but the immediate would warrant making some kind of move to bring about uh, an NHL defenseman that could fill that role. Because right now they have too many guys on the fringes in the Middleton types that I think that's where they would be forced if there was an injury to Manson and Jack Johnson, which, it, no thank you. <laughs> so it does feel like on both forward and defensive sides, there are a lot of maybes and questions to answer. But even if those questions get answered, still feels like they might have some work to do around the edges of this roster as the season progresses. And we've talked at length about on the forward side, Kovalenko potentially being that answer on the defensive side. A lot of the maybes come from that depth, right? Maybe a Sam Malinsky, maybe a, a Gianni Fairbrother, maybe a, a Keaton Middleton. When you're targeting that, you mentioned an NHL defenseman. So are a lot of those maybes potentially shut down by an acquisition in Colorado? Or is, is that where they're looking more at winning now, whereas with the forward core, they're a little bit more loose with it? Like, is that a, a position that they should be targeting to fill? Is that what? Yeah. Are they giving less, I guess, having a shorter leash on the defensive core when it comes to trying to target NHL-ready players. I see what you're saying. Yes, but I think the need is within the forward group. Like, I think they can afford to find someone that could fill a Jack Johnson-type role in season. Not that I think they grow on trees, but I just feel like that is something that I think they could more easily find in season than what they need for their depth, okay. their forward depth right now. Got it. If that makes sense. So find it while you can. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where there's more urgent concern for me because they're looking for such a specific type of player, whereas I think they would have more options defensively if they needed to, if injuries cropped up and they needed to do that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think there might be some more costs on that side, potentially, but there will be more out there as well. Um, Lastly here, and I don't think this one will be a particularly long conversation, but goaltending depth, abs are very squarely set with uh, Georgiev and Fransos. Comfortable with Annan as the number three, or is this, uh, is this a battle down in Colorado? <laughs> All right, down up in Loveland, I should say. I don't even think it's a battle. I'm just thinking in terms of ease. If the, I could see them going to both home or Anunin, depending on the situation, um, just like based on who was in the net more in the last series and whoever's fresh, basically. whoever's fresh yeah. kind of a thing. And I'll have to see more of home to make of that course. assertion, to be fair. And I think that they've invested a lot of time into Anunin at For this sure. point that I do not think they are going to abandon that either and are going to want to see him if there is a goaltender call-up that is required all right 
it, it does get into that interesting conversation with goalies of like, are you calling him up to play or are you calling him to be the backup? Exactly. Yeah. And then who do you feel comfortable sitting? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that covered most of what I want to cover today. Anything else you want to touch on in the depth? No. Cool. Um, I don't know if it'll be this week or next, but we will get into a comparison of, of depth around certainly the whole central division, similar to our middle six video at some point. So Keep your eyes out for that as we expand this conversation beyond just the avalanche. Uh, also have some other cool stuff coming. I already mentioned Megan has some more interviews. I'm sure she'll be posting soon with some of those DU folks. Troy Terry's in there. So I know there's a couple people in our Discord that are all about that. Uh, <laughs> he is really generous with his time. Awesome. Always good to hear when they're good people. Uh, and then, yeah, I will have a, I guess most people in our chat will probably want to share this video with their friends. But I do have a video coming out this week that you'll want to share with new abs fans we'll put it that way so keep your eyes peeled on the youtube for that be sure to like and subscribe here with us that always helps us out a ton and when you have the time make sure you go and grab yourself a breckenridge brew because they are our beer sponsor over here at dnvr of course you can get them down here at the bar come down and get eight different kinds on tap here but they're available in all 50 states use the breck beer locator online to find it near you uh you can't go wrong name a beer and it's good i don't i don't know if that video will end up being posted anywhere but we got to do a taste test of, of <laughs> you're some right of i don't know beers. if it should be posted anywhere it was it was missing something the beers were good though they I were enjoyed the beers. very good <laughs> Go do that. Make sure you're wearing your Shady Rays while you do it so you're looking good. Uh, I really thought we were going to get out of the hot, sunny parts of summer, but nope. This week it's back to above 90 and the sun's out all the time. So you need your Shady Rays still. Go get them at ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code when you do and you get two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. It's basically buy one, get one free. They have... Tons of amazing designs, something to make you look good no matter what style you prefer. And, of course, you can get their 30-day guarantee. You break them, you lose them, you don't like them, just send them back or let them know you lost them. And they will replace them completely for free just for you. Rated 250,000 people above five stars. Above, uh, above 250,000 people have given them five stars. I can speak. Uh, Go check them out, ShadyRays.com. They also do have a brick and mortar here in the Park Meadows Mall if you're local. And that is going to wrap up our show for the day. We do appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. I know our, our times have been a little all over <laughs> the place. Uh, that probably will continue through August as we get things sorted out. And then training camp happens, and we'll be doing shows after training camp. So get used to it. This is just like in season where sometimes we're in the day, sometimes we're after a game. Who knows? But we're coming to you five days a week. so It just means we're closer to hockey season. True. True. Even LOC is like, I'm over this offseason. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to just practice anymore. <laughs> I'm done with that. So even the hockey players are jonesing for it. Hopefully it gets here Good soon. Good sign. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you tomorrow.